Welcome to your 10th beer supervision, the podcast where we learn about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. My name is Aaron Rajamani, and I'm here with my co-host once again, Jesse Richardson. Jesse, how are you this week? I'm doing much better this week, Aaron. <laughs> um, I've, I think I've... <laughs> I think I'm over uh, the little like tiff we had last oh, time. Oh, okay. Have you have you um, forgotten about me? I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. well, I've, I've moved cancelled. on. Cancelled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm doing doing pretty good. Really looking forward to today's episode. Um, and and yeah, just living my best life right now. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's episode because it's a topic that I don't. I know some about, but I don't really know a lot about it. It's something that I'm learning about actually at the moment. So this will be a good one for me. I'm really keen cool. for it. Yeah, um, we're here um, with Mark Lowry. Um, Mark uh, is a family therapist. Um, and so that's what we're going to be talking about this week, which is very exciting. Yes, yeah, very good. Say good day, Mark. Hey, how are you going, guys? Um, thank you very much for having me. It's, um, it's a real pleasure to be invited somewhere to have a beer with, with some people and talk about the, the field we work in. So, yeah. I've, I've been looking very forward to this episode. I think I emailed Mark quite a while ago, just kind of like sowing the seeds on this one. And then, <laughs> and then um, I, I hit him up recently and, and I told a couple of colleagues who, who we had coming on the podcast and they were like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Mark is very good value. <laughs> so, no, no pressure, Mark. Um, wow. At all. <laughs> carry on <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah um so yeah tell us a bit about just in general kind of what you do what yeah yeah so look i'm a family therapist um it's it's kind of strange you know family therapy is not something that is you know massive in gippsland there's not too many of us kicking around mm. um but you know uh, essentially uh, family therapy is really cool because it's really versatile as a modality. Um, it allows you to kind of work with individuals and systems and, right. you know, think really systemically about, you know, when you're, when you're working with people, so in your interventions. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. I see, you know, uh, children, adults, families, the, the yeah. whole shebang. So. Do you do relationships at all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so really? definitely do could've definitely used, do a lot of couples work. Yeah. Okay, could have yeah. used him on the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Jesse's a bit salty because I, I moved down to Melbourne from, yeah. from Gippsland, so he's, yeah. he's a bit mad, but it's okay. okay. We'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Fair we'll be enough, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> after the podcast is, is finished, once we've done the recording, we'll just get, get you to do a bit of work on that. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it. That's it. Uh, cool. Um, and how did you get into... Um, family therapy is, that's, it a, long is it a, a long story no look <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. it kind of but not I, yeah. I was working with um take two which is a uh, therapeutic program run by berry street for children out of home care mm. and look really cool program i was really lost i think and getting quite frustrated with the um, delivering these individual interventions for um, kids who really needed, um, you know, strong care teams around them and maybe to think outside the square a little. And mm. um, I, I was having a conversation with some people will recognise the name, Dr. Karen Sutherland, who was the principal prac for child protection at the time. Um, and Karen, you know, just kept saying, um, you know, go and do family therapy, Mark, you know, go and give it a try. And I went and interviewed uh, actually to do a grad cert and they said, hey, you know, why don't you try the masters? And that was kind of where it went. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was as simple as that. Yeah, I, I wow. really never thought about family therapy. Had heard very little about it. I mm. uh, just kind of jumped in the deep end, and it was yeah. great. It was fantastic. Fell in love with it. Wow, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> worked out so well. Yeah, cool. exactly the way it should be, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just fall, yeah. Falling in love. With uh, it was. Do. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Uh, it was a really cool place, the Bouverie Centre in uh, Brunswick. Oh, if yeah. you yes. guys have heard yeah. of the Bouverie yeah, Centre, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it was a really cool place. Yeah, yeah. I think they delivered some training for us um, towards the end of twenty or nineteen. And um, oh yeah, yeah, found found that. Who who came down? Do you remember who it was? I should remember this because I've had monthly meetings with him over <laughs> oh, no. Zoom. Oh, no, that's I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, is it guys? Is Jeff Young? No, it's not Jeff Young. No. Um, can I? Can I get back to you on that? One? Yeah, get back <laughs> to me on that. Midway sorry, through the podcast, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw podcast, out a name um, <laughs> yeah. and and um, yeah. and yeah. But how about before we before I go searching the recesses of my mind for this person's name? Yeah. Um, one one thing I like about having Mark on the podcast uh, this this episode is that 
Mark's the first guest who has insisted on bringing a beer with him. Incredible. Um, every <laughs> other guest beforehand, um, we've we've gone out and, and sourced the beer, and and um, but this one, Mark's brought one along, and I'm I'm really excited for what he's brought along because I think it was yeah. on our radar. Yeah, it's one of, that I've heard of before. Of so I'm very beers excited to bring yeah, on yeah. the podcast. So cool. I'm going to hand over to Mark to to introduce this beer today. Yeah. Well, I brought along a Sailor's Grave draft, actually mm. a Sowie's draft. Um, look. I kind of stumbled across it a while back. Um, I think just, just uh, you know, like at a restaurant or um, a local restaurant. It's an mm. all-boss beer. I think it's really yummy. Um, you know, it's very expensive to buy. So I don't, I don't drink a whole lot of them anymore. I, I think during lockdown, you know, you sort of get a bit carried away and we're yeah. like, you're, you know. So um, I, I think that we're indulging my wife and I in, um, you know, kind of nice things. But yeah, so the old Sailor's Grave uh, Southeast Draft, I, I definitely recommend it um, for any of the listeners out there. It's certainly worth a try. All right. Well, I'm mm. super excited to give this a crack. So how about we yes. open them up? Oh, yes. yes. Very good. Oh, that is so crisp. Did you, uh, you shake them up before you, you brought them here, did you, <laughs> mine's, a bit, mine's a bit like that as well. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark. Not bad. Mm. 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 Yep. Yeah. I am a fan already. Mm. That's great. Cool. All right, yeah. well, we'll check in later on, see how we're going with it. Um, but how about we get cracking with the topic? Where, where are we going to first? Jesse? Yeah, well, um, today we're talking about family therapy, oh, obviously. I've heard, yes. I've heard that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we thought that's probably a good thing to get... Um, <laughs> <laughs> get get Mark to talk about. Um, I guess I wanted to really start off with um, having a, just a bit of a general chat about um, what what family therapy is and I guess what, what some of those like targets you want to achieve in, in family therapy are. Um, yeah. I know you touched on it, I guess, briefly just yeah. before, but yeah. um, maybe if we go, go a bit more in depth on that to start off with. Yeah. So uh, look, I mean, family therapy is really interesting. Um, I think that the you know, some of the roots in family therapy um, are really, you know, uh, uh, were very experimental. And that's what I kind of loved about um, the Bouvery Centre and, you know, participating there was um, it, it's not that there were no rules. It's not that at all. But certainly there was a freedom in the way that you practice to um, have really open uh, conversations and be really brave with the questions you ask. And... I think that, you know, the kind of the roots of family therapy, um, some of the stories of, um, you know, some of these uh, family therapists in Italy, for example, um, who would involve uh, community members, doctors, teachers, um, you know, uh, in these interventions to right. really try and unlock a system. Um, and I really loved that, that kind of idea of... Um, you know, involving other people in therapy to try and unlock really stuck problems. Mm. And, and I think that uh, certainly um, with a lot of the complexity I was working with in out-of-home care and in kids who were, you know, high-risk adolescents, it, it's certainly a really useful model for that, um, for trauma. So involving a lot of people and, um, and building resources around uh, maybe certain people or... Um, you know, introducing news of difference through uh, uh, discussions um, that, mm. that, you know, maybe f um, family members are not aware of how other family members think. So it's, yeah. it, I guess there's a really broad brush um, with family therapy. There's, uh, there'd probably be some traditionalists out there that would really focus on, you know, certain aspects of family therapy. Mm. Uh, I'm not that way inclined. I really think okay. that um, it's quite, quite an open-ended um, way of operating. Yeah, I think like when I first, before I really had a any understanding of family therapy was like I think I had a very narrow view of what it is. It's like yeah. okay, they're they're having some interpersonal relationships between you know mum and son. We'll send them off to the family therapist. They'll sort yep. out that, and then that, that's family therapy. Yeah, but it's like it's so much broader than that, and such mm. yeah, it's like a, a way of thinking about yeah. systems, just more than that. Yeah, <laughs> and, imagine like, yeah. Oh, sorry, like looking looking back on that now, it's like. Having having issues with mum as as like a teenager or just like other family members, it's like 
literally every kid <laughs> on the on the planet. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess the concept of circularity, yeah. um, I mean, which is is not um, so complex, but mm. you know, um, certainly, you know, how people interact in a family unit kind of then in you know kind of. Um, can create and repeat patterns and and that's sort of what you're trying to disrupt Mm. um it it doesn't necessarily have to be just a dyad that you're working with Mm. even if the problem appears to be you know um exist between two people yeah it's really about um having a look at the whole family unit and who's doing what who's where you know who's saying what who contributes to that interaction or that dynamic so Mm. yeah it's 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 really cool when you get to do it. Um, mm. It's hard to kind of uh, sometimes uh, really get people on board to uh, be really brave and open up to that idea. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what, um, like, in what context would you say this is a scenario in which family therapy would be a helpful scenario? And when, like, maybe it's sometimes it's not. All I right. suppose, or they're not ready. But like, school refusing, you... yeah. Like, yeah. Um, school refusal, really common one. Um, Mm. I think we, we probably see a lot of that in mental health. I I think that, you know, when we have school refusal, sometimes it's, sometimes it, and it is really helpful to kind of target, um, perhaps, um, some anxiety that exists for that child. Mm. Um, the child who's school refusing, let's target some anxiety, but you know, often, um, it's, it, it, it kind of circulates around relationships that exist in the family home. Mm. And I think that's a really kind of classic, you know, kind of family therapy intervention involving other family members um, and kind of working out. Um, There's one at the moment and, you know, um, certainly there's a piece of work, you know, with mum, there's a piece of work actually with a sister around this young boy who and his school refusing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's anything from that to, you know, uh, looking at... um, Certainly uh, not something that I tackle myself, but a lot of, you know, eating disorders, um, certainly Mm. hospitals in Melbourne uh, embrace family therapy as a useful modality to Mm. to support families around um, the anxiety and the tension that might exist Mm. around food. Um, I I guess you you kind of look at, you're looking at all kinds of problems and and really where appropriate. Um, Mm. I think that... There are many, many problems that, you know, exist, even uh, depression and anxiety. Certainly elements of that can be tackled through family therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily look at that as your primary intervention, but yeah, certainly okay. it can be used. Yeah, but. right. It's pretty, yeah. Its application is can be as broad as... In Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I guess that would, um, yeah, very much come down to, I guess, also the, the fact that when one person within that family system experiences some difficulties around, yeah. around their mental health, that, that ripples. It's kind of like, um, Absolutely. the, the different cogs in the, in the, in the wheel. Um, if, if one of them starts, um, you know, maybe not turning as smoothly, yeah. it impacts on all, all others. So uh, 100%. you can, you can appreciate how there's definitely room for, um, family therapy interventions just quite like across the board of yep. the, the mental health spectrum. Yeah. And, and sort of, I guess some of the families um, and, you know, couples, families um, that kind of come in, um, you know, sometimes the, the kind of piece of work that we might do, um, it, it might be kind of limited to a certain aspect. And then it's sort of looking at referring on to another mental health professional to do some individualized work or maybe even some dyadic work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how, how does it, um, I suppose, how does family therapy differ in the way you do it in terms of, like, individual therapy then? Like, what what are its strengths and limitations in comparison yeah, to individual sure. therapy? Yeah, yeah. look, I think that um, it's very systemic. There's, um, and, I, and I'm going to try really hard to say this right, there's a, uh, not the name of the character, um, I know my wife hates it when I use these names, but um, <laughs> Ivan Bozomini-Naji, um, who, you know, he kind of um, was, you know, really big in contextual family therapy. Mm. And he used this term that I, I really love it. It's um, uh, multi-directed partiality. Um, okay. And it's really trying to be, sorry, impartiality. Um, it's really trying to, I, I think allow for um allow for everyone to have their perspective and not aligning with um each of those people or aligning to a certain extent with each of those people Mm -hmm. um and i think that 
you know, when you're working with people individually, um, it's also thinking systemically. So, um, you know, it's about sort of if someone's coming in and they're, you know, they're, they're saying that my husband is awful, he's this, he's that. Mm. It's, it's getting those people to maybe try and empathise or think about um, some of um, what's going on for the husband or, mm. you know, how uh, maybe some of the things going on in the family system might cause that for the husband to then behave like that. Yeah. Um, it does become tricky around family violence and, and aspects of that. It's obviously we need to be thoughtful about that. Yeah, okay. But very much so, it's, um, it is about sort of thinking really systemically, even if you're working with the individual, thinking mm-hmm. about how they're part of that system and uh, even how m- maybe the system might interact with them or how the system might... Um, become really upset with them if they uh, are acting outside of what the system... Oh, sorry, I've got a bit fumbled there. No, no, that's yeah. So, yeah, so it's 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 really about sort of thinking about, um, for the individual, thinking where they... You know, thinking about the system they're in, mm. thinking about their role in the system and how the system might interact both with them and how they might interact with the system, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, I can provide an example of that. Um, if you, for example, if you're in a a family system and that family operates a certain way and they have done for a very long time, Mm. if you make choices to step outside of that system, um, usually the system will try and drag you back in. So they might, you know, uh, parents might get angry with you if you're a a young person and, and, you know, uh, for there's a family that I've seen recently, there was some, um, they had a very entrenched culture in that family. Mm. And uh, this young person, uh, I wouldn't say had some out there views, mm. but um, certainly questioned the culture of that family. And the family reacted by threatening to cut that young person off. You know, you'll be out of the family unless you see things our way. Mm. Um, so it's, it's sort of engaging with um, that young person in system, helping them think about the system and why the system might have reacted the way it did. And I think that that can be really helpful. It can help contextualize things for them as well. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. Um, I think in doing individual work, it's, it's the kind of things that you observe, but you don't necessarily have like the framework to understand, okay, this therapy, this individual therapy isn't working because of the systems that are happening outside. Yep. But what it like, but how do I understand that and work with that and like make sense of why this is the individual work is being prevented. And it's like, yep. well, yeah. So mm. yeah. I, th- I think it's, it, it has its limitations in that as well, that mm. um, like the individual work that yeah. you can't necessarily engage with those systems unless people are willing to be really mm. brave and allow you to engage with them. Yeah. And obviously you're going to have your most effective work when you're engaging with those systems. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a really, um, I think that it's, it's really difficult and sometimes can take a long time to get people to a space where they're wanting to allow um, maybe family members in to their therapy. Yeah. Um, where they feel safe enough that you're going to be able to hold some of the maybe um, upset um, emotions, anger, like some of the things that can go on when family members are really trying to work out those disruptions, mm. um, people have to feel safe. Yeah. And that can be a really hard thing to create, especially in family law court settings. Yeah, right. Um, which yeah, it's get a, whole a, get a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Right. How do you go about then, I guess, in engaging the, the family system as a, as a whole? Like you've mentioned there that you might, you might get some people... Um, who do a bit of individual work and then it takes them, uh, you know, maybe quite a long time to want to engage the family. Yeah. I, when, when, when you were mentioning that, I was just kind of thinking, well, gee, sometimes engaging individuals on its own can be, can be a tricky, yeah. tricky sort of thing. How do you then go about engaging an entire system to want to bring about change um, for, for the betterment of the system. And I think that that is the, you know, that's, that's the constant juggle. And I think that that is where I try very hard and not always successfully by any means. It's to try very hard to help uh, each sort of person, each member in the system um, develop an understanding of the other person's or develop a, an understanding of what, you know, what the other person's needs are, why, you know, why they may, might be upset, what their complaints are. Um, and I think that, you know, that ultimately 
is very tiresome. It's really tricky work. It, you know, I, I think that it, particularly where there's high conflict. Um, so I, I mentioned before family law court matters. Um, you know, there's, there's, re- there's so much conflict and there's so much outside of your control in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think, you know, environmentally, there's sort of, you know, solicitors and other people engaging with those people as well. Um, uh, look, we, you, you try your absolute best. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, tricks up my sleeve or things that I've learnt through um, training uh, as a family therapist, um, I think that it is really about, you know, uh, reflecting and making sure that, you know, you're not strongly aligning um, with an individual mm-hmm. um, or an individual's mm-hmm. uh, beliefs about the situation. You, you really need to be in check with that and you really need to be open to the feedback coming from the system as well. Yeah. Um, if, the, if a member of the system says that they're, they're feeling like you are, then you need to be open to that and acknowledge that as, as you would if you were indiv- individually um, yeah. pro- providing therapy mm. individually. But I just think that it's, um, it's a constant dance um, when you're engaging a system that is perhaps a little... Uh, there's a lot of conflict or, you know, you're, you're juggling competing needs within that system. Yeah. It is really tricky. It, sorry, it, it sounds it sounds almost like you you kind of become part of the system. Um, and and I wonder is... Um, yeah, that, that would uh, run the risk of, I guess, a bit of enmeshment with the system. Absolutely. If, you, if you're not careful. At 100%. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I um, didn't say that, you know, there would be times where I, I have become enmeshed with a system. And I think that it's through supervision, reflection, all of the things that we're supposed to do as, um, you know, mental health professionals, that you're able to make that realisation and then adjust, make some changes. Yeah. And I think that it's very important that there's transparency um, when working in, you know, those really either enmeshed family systems or highly conflictual family systems, you just have to be very transparent, very open and, and able to acknowledge when you get it wrong. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And what happens if like, so like you were saying that um, you want to, I guess in, to some extent remain neutral in terms of people's perspectives. How do you deal with it when let's say you maybe particularly feel like one person's perspective definitely lines up with what you think as well? You, you know, know, I think... Oh, is that, is that oh look, it does, man. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> yeah. honestly think that I, there are times where I, you know, there are times where, um, uh, where I, I do, you know, I think jump in and sort of say, you know, hang on a minute. I think that, you know, if, for example, if... Um, there are some highly conflictual couples that, you know, come out of, um, you know, a family therapy referral or maybe they come in as a couple and there are some, you know, certain boundaries and I guess expectations that we would have in relationships. Uh, family violence is, a, you know, really uh, a nice easy one for us to kind of, I guess, talk about. If mm. someone is saying, you know, um, you're not allowed to hit me, you're not allowed to spend... Yes, you're not allowed to hit him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Her. yeah. You know, you, mm. you, that's not okay. Mm. And I think that there are times where you do kind of um, not take sides, but you have to be able to take a position. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not like you can just kind of like... Um, teeter on the fence around whether or not it's appropriate for one partner to be abusive towards another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that, um, you know, they're the the really high conflict um, families. Um, That's a really tricky piece of work because there are boundaries at the same time if that Mm -hmm. family is coming in and wanting to understand why perhaps that conflict's occurring. Mm -hmm. It's helping them remain really in check with those boundaries. So it's, you know, it's not justification, but developing an understanding of why the pattern might keep repeating, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, How are we going with the beers? How, how are we feeling? About it? I know I know it's a oh, beer that like you're a big beer. fan of. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like we know what sort of a um, <laughs> sort of review we're going to get from Mark. But I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, from yeah. the from the first sip, I thought, oh, this this is um, this goes down nice. This is a good draft. It does go down yes. very smooth. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'll yeah. save my um, my complete thoughts on it mm. for for my favorite part of the podcast. Um, I'm I'm already so, thinking yeah. about how do I go about getting a beer from Orbost in like Melbourne. I don't know. They sell them oh, down there. Probably, probably <laughs> will, man. Probably will. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it. That's like really. It's like um, nation vague, like just vague enough for Brunswick to get on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> 
Like surely, like some some, uh, you know, bottle bottle O in Brunswick is like, oh, let's be really, really out there. And I, I, I've been trying to get my hands on. Is it Three Ravens? The, um, there's a beer like it's a Melbourne no, one. Oh, we, we reviewed that in our last episode from from that brewery. From they, that brewery, they, yeah, yeah. We reviewed a Three yeah, Ravens beer. Don't get the on the tropical podcast. ale. No, <laughs> I'm not interested in those. Yeah, I'm not interested yeah, in the tropical ale. Yeah. Or the sours. I don't yeah. like. I don't like sours so much. <laughs> so bad. But yeah, yeah. Look, well, but yeah, yeah that's a good I'm one. Interested. I'm interested in their beers. They're okay, right. They've got really. They you know everyone says they're really yummy, but I don't know about the. The tropical ones, I'm not a big fan of those. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe I'll give it another chance. I mean, <laughs> three Ravens. We might try it again. I, I, I'm happy to try a Three Ravens beer again. Just, yeah, I, I probably won't give the tropical a go again. <laughs> yes. um, it, it was a hot day, Mark, and, okay, and not yeah. even that. Yeah, no, it. not even that salvaged <laughs> it. So, uh, yeah, we're very, we're very lucky. Across the way from where we are, there's mm. Little Fish Breweries. So, one of our, my, the guy across the road from me is a very clever man and bruce beer he's got a, a really good setup so hmm. he sells oh, really? he was distributing little, wow. little fish breweries yeah just, just, just around the corner just, just there what? yeah you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to introduce yeah, him. Well, yeah. yeah. he's a good guy Andrew's that's amazing a good, yeah he literally made my wife a, a barrel of gluten-free beer um wow. which is very clever yeah. um at How christmas time yeah, yeah. Nice. He had to uh, get something that breaks the enzymes down. Right, that's right. very, very clever. Wow. So, yeah, Liz Harbridge, if you're listening, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Liz those of you who are wondering it. who Liz is, uh, go back to episode four of the podcast. I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. All right, cool. All right. Um, so, how about we move on to like the? I guess the when we're coming going through the whole the, going through the family therapy process. What is the kind of thing that you're, I guess, hoping to achieve in the end? Like, what is yeah. your like general aims? What's in the back of your mind? Like, this would be a good outcome, I suppose. Yeah, um, I think change, and I know that that sounds very cliche and ridiculous, but you know, sometimes the changes that I see may not necessarily be the. Um, uh, perhaps when the family or the people entering that therapy, they may not necessarily view that as a as an outcome or a positive initially. Um, but I think when you're trying to get people to introduce um, maybe different perspectives with each other um, and be sort of, uh, I guess, you know, really open up with each other, um, you do see some change. And and sometimes that, that does not... Um, meet the desired outcome of the clients. I'm going to be mm. honest with you. Sometimes that, you know, people might come in saying, you know, we really want, uh, there's, there's a family that comes to mind of, you know, people trying to uh, bring a whole family back together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at the end of that outcome um, for that family, it was, it was more that actually it's, it, we don't need to all be together. We don't need to be uh, necessarily this very close family where everyone gets along. But mm. and that's okay. Yeah. And I think that they got to a place where they were able to relate to each other much more respective, you know, with with much more respect. Mm. However, the, the understanding was, you know, the goal I guess for them was to be this very close family, you know, that would be aligned and everyone would be able to work very closely together, the Brady bunch essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. th- that was that was not where we finished up. But mm. that's a good that was a good outcome. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think just change, just just you know, to a place where people are. Uh, you know, where things change, they're stuck and Mm. we just want to change that. We want to jar it free. And sometimes jarring it free is, you know, um, usually it's always, I've not once seen it for the worse. Mm. It's usually for the best. Okay, sure. Um, and, and sometimes there's other pieces of work for that, you know, that, uh, those people might need to engage in post that process, Mm. but certainly that's, that's it, man. Change. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, when people initially come into the family therapy process, I suppose it's they're in a particular place and they're not moving anywhere mm. and family therapy gives them like the the place and the tools to change what where they're at to something else, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I think to um yeah, to change, to become unstuck. You right. know, like mm. I, I you know, if you go and spend a bit of time um, at like somewhere like the Bouverie Centre, you know, and you you tend to hear a lot of people talking about being stuck or, you know, really, mm. and, and certainly people coming into the centre, families accessing family therapy. Yeah. We're really stuck or, you know, we can't move past this point. It's really just getting them past that point. Um, usually things change for the better beyond that. 
Um, usually mm. once people can get past that, little Jimmy's not going to school, he won't go to school, we get little Jimmy to school. Um, there might be some work for little Jimmy beyond that and maybe some work for the family beyond that, but really it's just getting that to that point. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's an infinite amount of work that could be done, so you need to be clear about where the boundaries of the work lie, I suppose, or... Yeah, look, oh. I, I think that I'm yet to... There's, there's not many families um, or young people that um, I think that I've seen for, like, an, a super extended amount of time. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. You know, some, uh, some young people who have had incredibly... Um, a whole lot of relational trauma... Um, you know, be that they've been in foster care or, mm. you know, an out-of-home care to some extent. Um, in those scenarios, it's, uh, you know, you might have a lot of ongoing work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I think that, you know, a lot of the, f- particularly the kind of um, families that are accessing family therapy um, usually get a, a pretty good amount of traction pretty quickly. Yeah, okay, um, right. Yeah. I, I really believe that. If you, mm. if you can actually get a family that wants to come in, mm. they're, they're interested in, you know, change, bang. It's, it's, not, it's not as complicated in terms of getting some progress, getting some change. Yeah. Um, there might be individuals in that family that might benefit from their own therapy beyond that, mm. um, at which point we refer out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, it yeah. does. It does do, make sense. Yeah. Do you think that yeah. comes down to how, how motivated the, the system is to for that change? So it, it certainly does. Yeah. Um, like anything, you know, if you have someone mandated to come and access individual therapy, it can yeah. be very challenging yeah. to get them to, you know, to be motivated to change. And mm-hmm. I think that um, I use family law court as, you know, the I, I guess another, I refer to that, I mention that again, because you... You know, a lot of uh, the courts might say, well, we say that, um, you know, party one and party two need to go and access family therapy. Um, and one of one or both of those parties might not be interested at all mm. in family therapy. And so change, you know, you could go forever in a system like that and mm. not get very far. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is very challenging to, to kind of, you know, entice people to want to change if they have these kind of forces that, mm. that motivate them the other way that say yeah. actually we don't want you to change uh, we want you to hold that position um, if that makes sense yeah i guess yeah it's interesting because I, I i guess i conceptualized family therapy as much more down the line of long long-term therapy as opposed to like short discrete pieces of work which i mean like which is mm. which is fine like i didn't have a particular reason to think that it's just in my mind i was like this, this is probably like untangling and working out a, a complex system is Ab- probably going to take a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, I think that, you know, if you have really complex families um, come in and access that, yes. But very few, I mean, I, I find that very few of those really complex families, unless they've been mandated, right. are the yeah. ones coming in. Yeah. I mean, okay. most people, are, you know, I'm a, a private therapist. Mm. Um, if I, for example, if I was working with... Um, uh, Bouvery Centre in in Melbourne. Yeah, we don't see a lot of that in, in Gippsland. These kind of you know mm. um, services that provide very cheap or free family mm. therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you may see some of those more entangled um, family relationships. Um, but as a as a private family therapist, um, I think that most people are fairly motivated. Right. Um, some of the services that may refer in, um, it's very complicated, very complex. Mm. Um, you, you probably could keep going yeah, um, yeah. on and on. Mm. But you're also limited, and you guys would experience this as well, you have a limited amount of sessions that you can tackle some of those problems. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I just, I just kind of thought about what it would be like to be a family therapist in like the, the public mental health system and how that would be. Because, yeah. um, you know, you, you get, a, I guess, a lot of clients coming through that system who maybe aren't as either motivated or, um, no, it's, it's definitely not that they're just not motivated. There's a lot going on, mm. um, a, lot, a lot more going on. And you get, I guess, a lot more cancellations than, say, in, in, in private. Um, I was just thinking, like, yeah, if you were doing uh, family therapy in the public system, that would be. Uh, and I mean, uh, I, I do. Be interesting. I do some work for VACA, for example. Mm. So I work with um, young families um, through VACA and through uh, other programs through Anglicare. 
And absolutely. I mean, we could keep going for a very long time in that space. Yeah. Um, I think that the very, the very difficult thing is that um, those, the really kind of complex entangled families probably don't as much come through the door towards me anymore. But yeah, absolutely. That's part of family therapy. Mm. I think that a lot of the work that I would do now is, would be probably more strategic family therapy. Okay, yeah. So it's really about sort of trying to get to an outcome reasonably fast, you know, mm. in a limited amount of sessions. Yeah. Um, there are, there's probably two or three really complicated families that um, I've, I've, you know, this kind of extended piece of work with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. out, of, out of all the families that I see. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, it's, I assume it's a, it's a busy industry, lots of... Uh, to, to be honest with you, you know, like I think that a lot of um, that family therapy needs uh, needs a, you know a, a bit more of a plug, man. Like it's sort mm. of it's busy, but probably not um, busy enough for kind of the classic kind of family therapy. Exactly what you're talking about, really yeah. enmeshed systems that are really stuck. Mm. I think that those systems would be fantastic if they were, you know, supported into family therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that. The, the busyness of it is often, you know, um, lack of resources in, in our area. And yeah. so I would end up with referrals uh, for um, young people coming in to see me, for example. Mm. Um, people might attribute a young person's individual needs to maybe family therapy. And oh. I can do a little bit of work. Yeah, sure. Right. But yeah. yeah but yeah. those really stuck families that you're talking about, I wouldn't see a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, um, so I guess for our, our listeners who might be new new to mental health or thinking about getting into it, what are some things that you might, I guess some, um, why might you encourage them to consider family therapy? What are the things that Here it is. Like? Here's the plug, Mark. Here's the plug, man. <laughs> Look, do, do you know what? I think that um, certainly I would encourage them to... If they were going to look at family therapy, I'd mm. encourage them to do um, do the program through somewhere like Bouverie, so Latrobe University. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I would encourage them to do that is it's it's just so clinically heavy. You you know you're basically doing delivering therapy in front of um, supervisors mm-hmm. um, and your peers every single week. And right. You know that that's it can be intimidating, but it's it's really helpful for growth. Um, I think that it, it allows you know what I've noticed. I guess is that um, it really allows you to that. I guess the point of difference is that it kind of allows you to or encourages you to really you know not that that therapeutic alliance is important that you build with the individual. But also really being thoughtful about the system, really being thoughtful of what's going on around the person and what's going on in their environment and how that influences them. I know that that is, you know, most likely I'm I'm not a trained uh, social worker or psychologist. I know that's Mm. most likely part of um, what, you know, psychologists and social workers are taught. But it's Mm. it's certainly emphasised and, you know, very, very important to family therapy there are, I think, um, you know, people who go down the path of, you know, developing further skills in perhaps one or multiple areas of really that classic family therapy. So uh, really focusing on like structural family therapy, for example, is kind of like super nanny. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> you know, that real hierarchy stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So some people might go right down that path or mm. they might become really focused on short, sharp strategic interventions. Mm. Um I think that um, it's a it's a real opportunity to kind of um, hone your therapeutic skills mm-hmm. and uh, to m- probably adjust and make some changes in kind of how you're approaching problems, thinking more systemically, thinking more outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that family therapy certainly encourages that real sort of bravery and taking risks in your therapy. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, what would you say to anybody, um, yeah, I guess out there who's thinking, yeah, maybe maybe I do want to dip my toes into family therapy. Like, yep. uh, what, what are some of the benefits? Like, the, what what keeps you doing family therapy, Mark? Um, four kids. Um, no, I'm, not <laughs> joking. I'm joking. Look, um, to, to be honest with you, um, uh, you know, I, I, I grapple with... Um, 
I think that family family therapy. One of the challenging parts about being a family therapist is you're not you're not recognised as an allied health professional, and you know that's a challenge. Mm. Um, at the same time, um, I really think that the one of the really cool things about family therapy is that it really fits nicely with who I was before I was a family therapist and how I was practicing, mm-hmm. um, which was very much systems based. You know, I loved working with career community. I loved working with large families and with you know, um, you know, even you know, when I was working with high-risk adolescents, friendship groups and the dynamics that then influenced that person. I think that if you've got a real knack for thinking um, systemically, naturally, and if you kind of take the time to think about it, go for it. You know, it's a, I think it's a really cool... It'll it'll only enhance what you're doing now and, um, and could open up some really good opportunities. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's... Um, does that um in terms of not um being part of the allied health umbrella does that provide like cause some like limitations or things I, that find I, it quite difficult look or? it does cause some limitations yeah. you know and and i think that that's an important consideration for people getting into or thinking about doing um a masters or you know um any further study in family mm-hmm. therapy um you you certainly have to think about kind of uh what it is you're able to access and where you can work after the fact yeah okay but yeah it's it's a, a an amazing course though yeah yeah no, that's really good and yeah definitely um had a lot of um good experiences working with Wuvery and obviously they're involved in the practice we we're, we're in before we, we just during we had a bit of a break and we're discussing the um Bouvery clinician that um helps yes. helps you in your in your role jesse yes it's nick cool. it's uh, uh yes I, I did recall who it was it's nick nick barrington um if you're listening nick uh sorry sorry i forgot your name there, <laughs> um, i did find our zoom sessions to be quite helpful um at helping me to you know conceptualize things from a more systems based um based point of view so um lo- love your work nick <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm sure you're still friends. It's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's, that has been so good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think a, a lot to think about in terms of a different way of doing um, doing therapy and engaging mm. with clients. And diff- I guess, like, yeah, it's... Um, I've, I've recently been interested in doing it because um, the place I'm currently working at is the it's a clinical space that very much focus on like seeing a person as an individual and there's a push in the organization to, well, let's think about it in a family sense and bringing things in. Um, and that's changing the way we do, do practice and stuff like that, which is really exciting. It's something I'm learning a lot about. So this is, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you're on your way there already. If you're you're introducing family members in, Mm. um, you're you're on your way there, man. Like it's, I think that, um, I think you, there are times where it has backfired on me. There's absolutely no doubt about that, um, 100%. And um, I'm going to go grey early, I think, <laughs> if I keep getting family law court referrals. But um, yeah. I think that, you know, introducing family members and encouraging encouraging others to um, open up and take risks in those relationships, um, you know, by kind of, you know, sharing what's going on for them and sharing their perspective. Uh, look, it... It does. It absolutely. Cha- it can. It can feel so simplistic, but it can change. It can change things. It's mm. a really cool thing. Mm. Uh, yeah. What we feel, you know, I think that uh, my wife is incredibly systemic as well, like the way she thinks and operates. And mm. you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, what, you know, what, you know, why didn't why didn't that parent just, you know, they should have said that already. Like, why why <laughs> are we here? Why are they coming here to have this conversation? Yeah. But I think that you know, like it's those assumptions man like as families um you know i'm a dad of four um i really feel like you know i'm certainly not the perfect father and and uh, you know i i i kind of think that as a you know when you're in a system when you're enmeshed in a system um you're not always thinking about you know the little things that impact on those around you or how you know uh, you've been in a gruff mood for a, you know a few weeks can have mm. such an impact on you know how uh, your young person heads off to school for the day and you know so those kind of things are really 
in a, again, very simplistic. It's not that really complex stuff, mm. but it, it's very important as well. Yeah. Bringing up that stuff, getting families to have those discussions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I've noticed that when, in times that I've, I have worked with like families together. So yeah, it's like things that you would, I guess, from the outside looking in being like, well, this is, seems fairly straightforward, but until someone, I guess a third party from the outside points it out to them, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But when yeah. you're in it, it's hard to yeah. see or conceptualize potentially. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like helping the system build insight on the, on the system and, and yeah. the impact. Yeah. Couldn't just, have said it better, man. Yeah. You nailed mm. it. Just kind of yeah. like, um, mm. yeah, with yeah. like the individual sort of stuff. We, yeah, we, we often might sit down with a client and be like, this is, why aren't you doing this? Or like, yeah. come on, this is, this is pretty straightforward. And, but, mm. um, yeah, I guess we, we can fall into that trap when we work as, as mental. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like I've, I've been a party to some really moving sessions, um, you know, you know, classic kind of family therapy is having other clinicians sit behind the screen, yeah, mm. and provide that feedback. Have you guys seen that before? No, uh, I mean, I I'm generally aware of, it, but I've never participated in it. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool process, yeah. and you know, I guess being witness to some of those interventions, like yeah. you know, there was a, a really cool clinician that um, was training with me and. You know, she had um, a father and a daughter who'd had this, you know, massive kind of unspoken tension going on for years, um, had them hugging, um, like physically got hmm. them to stand up and cuddle, which was <laughs> awkward for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it broke it, man. It yeah. broke the tension. It, right. And that was it. Yeah. It, it, was, it, it was really, I mean, that's kind of to the level of creativity it can get. And I'm an awkward guy. I don't make anyone hug. And <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my supervisor, you know, she's like, I oh, try this and try that. And I'm like, I don't know whether I can get people to look in each other's eyes for 30 seconds, but yeah, it, you know, I think that it's about sort of being, you know, being open to, um, some of that creativity um, mm. in family mm. therapy as well. What do you say, Aaron? What do I, what do I say? Should we, should we hug it out? Oh, oh yeah, that yeah, might, might be a solution. Hug it out differences. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I think we might do that. Yeah. yeah. A long 30 second hug. An extended, yeah. an extended hug. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And maybe some eye gazing beforehand. That'd be great. Oh, we do a lot of eye gazing. Oh, we do. Right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> we, don't worry. We got that that's one down. That's it. <laughs> got it sorted, man. We've got it sorted. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That, that, yes. that, that is, makes me very excited to learn yeah. about more the creativity and therapy. I think yeah. that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I, like, because I'm still fairly new, new to the whole therapy thing. I'm not yeah. that far out of uni. Um, and now I'm getting to a point. I'm like, okay, I have a general understanding of what, you know, classical, this is what therapy looks like. So it's very exciting to be like, oh, here's a whole other frontier of things that could be explored, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And uh, family therapy is, it's vast and broad, man. Like mm. there's so many different kinds of interventions that people have engaged in over the last however long, I mean, hundred mm. years or yeah. so of, and the reality is, is uh, probably about 60 to 80 years to be fair, but the reality is, is that, um, I think that you take bits of that and you like anything bits mm. of those theories and you shape it to fit how you want to deliver the intervention. Mm. Um, and so in your journey, if you're going down that path of family therapy, mm. you know, like um, have a look at all of it um, and, and uh, mold those bits and pieces into how you would deliver therapy. And yeah. that's the same as how you would anyway. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Uh, Jesse, do you have any other questions? No, I, was, uh, I reckon that's a really good spot to, yeah. to maybe cap up um, the discussion on, on family therapy. Yeah. On. I thought um, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've learned yeah. a lot. That's very yeah, thank helpful. You. Thanks, thank guys. you, guys. I know I ramble. Yeah. No, no, good. No, 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 perfect. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent rambles. Um, yeah, cool. Well, how about we get to a very important part of the podcast? Yes. That's my, <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast, Mark. Um, yes. And that's the beer review. Now, okay. Mark was was kind enough uh, in in this episode to bring a beer with him. And Mark, why don't why don't you remind us again what we've uh, what we've been drinking through the course of this podcast? So it's the Sailor's Grave Draft. It's the Southeast Draft. It's yeah, I, I like this beer. It's all right. Yeah, I like the um, 
like the drawings on the can. It is a very fancy can. It's yeah. like a can you could put on your shelf, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they um they do make some funky beers. I'm not a part. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I don't like like lemon meringue beers or anything like that. But oh, wow, lemon. Someone's made a lemon. They, meringue these guys beer. make like a lemon meringue. <laughs> really, beer. that's yeah. wild. Their oh, IPAs. Yeah. Their IPAs good. Their the drafts good. I, I'm I'm not I'm not that adventurous to go down the yeah. lemon meringue beer. Oh, you just stick to the pies, not the beers. Just the pies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have one final sip. Okay, uh, yeah, and, I'll then, and then I'll let you know, Aaron. Stop pressuring me. Mm. Mm. Oh. I demand satisfaction, Jesse. Give me an answer. What is this beer? <laughs> is it good? Should people get it? Yes, yes, yes. I reckon they should get it. Okay, definitely. Um, I I had heard a, a fair few good things uh, about this beer before uh, we we cracked it open today. This is my first time having it. Um, from that first sip, the, the first thing I, I noticed when I, when I drank, drank that first sip was it felt like it went down a little bit smoother than other drafts I've, I've had in the it past. It's really smooth. Yeah. It's and, like no like bitterness to it and, almost at all. And Aaron, yeah. I, I, like, I like a bit of smooth uh, to really complement my, my rough personality and, <laughs> and general nature. Um, so I'm going to give this beer a nice... Four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, okay, yeah I've, en- I've enjoyed it. It's, it's, um, I'm not a huge draft drinker, but um, this one I would happily um, happily drink just one oh, yeah. of just one uh, over the course of a podcast, okay, and then sure. maybe fifteen others <laughs> over the remainder of the the day. Over the, the day. No, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't one, do one that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Mark. Why wouldn't I do that? Uh, be very irresponsible of you, Jesse. <laughs> that is that is exactly right, Mark. It would be irresponsible to drink that many beers over the course of one day. Um, yes, Aaron, what did you think? Um, I I really liked it. I really I would definitely drink this again. I would I would venture to say I might drink even more than two on a single day, Jesse. I know it's a bit yeah. reckless, no, but you know I, I, I'm a big fan. I thought it was really good. As long as yeah. it's about one I, an hour, I, w- I would give this pretty good. Like. Usually I'm like a dark beer drinker. Well, this yeah. is actually this is awesome. I'd, g- I'd give it like a four point five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you guys like the White Rabbit, that dark beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love oh, that beer. Man. Love it. So yes, good, yeah. fellow fan, yeah, amazing. So yeah, so Aaron, Aaron was a, was a huge fan also of the um, what was that beer the, from the Melbourne North? Stout. Yeah, the Hatlifter in Melbourne North. Yeah. Tastes, yeah. tastes very similar mm. to the White oh, Rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, good. Oh yeah, yeah. this is a great beer. Highly yes. recommend. What would you give this out of five if you had the, to give it a five? Sailor's Grave, look, probably a four out of five. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Cool. Very good. All right. Well, thank you again for being on. Thank with you us. very much for having me. No, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, we appreciate you giving giving us your time and your insights. Easy, man. It's been great. Yeah, cool. And yeah, I um, hope everyone listening at home um, learned a lot. We definitely did. Um, yeah, and we will see you in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Sounds good. All right. Oh, Thank bye, Mark. Thank you very much. <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Beer Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. We record every two weeks, often with guests from the mental health field. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out. Or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at beersupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Beer Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own, the beers we drink are chosen just by us, and we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time. <laughs>